Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Pastor Jared Neiman. Okay, so the next two weeks, I'm going to talk to you about sense, the practical side of money. My dad told you the story about when I was 10 years old, I had $2,000 in a shoebox. Uh... What he didn't tell you, and he didn't know, is that I also used to hide money in my socks. (laughs) I don't know why, I don't know what it is about me, but my brain has always been about money. It's not a love of money, I just think about it. I'm wired that way. I've always wanted to save money, I've always thought about investing, it's, it's strange. It really, it really is. I got my first job when I was 16. My dad told me, what are you doing getting a job? And I was like, oh, I want money. <laughs> he was like, well, I give you money for what you need. Oh, I want more of it. <laughs> I worked all through college. At one point in my life, I had four jobs. Four, because I wanted to buy a house. So I had four jobs, bought a house. I'm wired this way. I don't know what it is about me. If you asked me, Jared, what is your greatest gift? I would not tell you preaching, although I'm getting better at it. I would not tell you management, although I do manage uh, uh, the majority of our employees here. I oversee that. I wouldn't tell you. uh, What I would tell you is my greatest talent is managing money. It's my greatest talent. I study it, I think about it, and I'm gifted at it. I'm not saying that arrogantly. See, I'm not a trained money manager. I don't have a degree in finance. I don't have a degree in statistics. I don't have a degree in economics. I took one accounting course, although I run an accounting department now. Um, Here at the church, if you don't know, I run all the finances of our church. Not one penny is spent in this church without me knowing about it. I just do it. Obviously, I run the finances in my marriage, too. (laughs) Makes sense, right? So my goal over the next two weeks is to teach you as practically as possible. See, I've tried to take economic seminars. I've read economic reviews. I've read economic books. And I'm going to be honest, I don't understand any of it. See, I don't want you to come in here and leave and say, what was he talking about? Listen, I am fully aware, I'm fully aware the majority of you are like me. You don't have economics degrees. You don't have a CPA, master's in in accounting. Most of you are like me. You wanna save some money. You wanna have a little money to spend. You wanna have a nice house, a nice car that works buy some new clothes, probably take a vacation. Am I right? That's what we want. Amen? Be able to bless other people. Be a blessing. Maybe when we have a building project, be able to participate in that some. Amen? See, that's how I am. And what I didn't want to do, I'm literally, I'm going to be so practical at some point. I'm going to give you numerous ideas and examples of what I do to manage money. What I do to manage the church's money and what we do in my marriage with Carla, what we do, I'm gonna give you some funny examples. I've asked permission and I got permission. 
The average American family saving account is 3,800 bucks. The percent of working Americans who are not saving for retirement, 40%. The average amount saved for retirement of those who are is $35,000. The average American uh, median income is 50,500. So the average person has one less than one year of their salary saved for their retirement. The average credit card debt is $15,500 per household. So we have on average $3,800 saved, but we have $15,000 on credit cards. So we have four times the amount on credit card debt than we have saved. That's scary. Average cost to raise a child. It was released today. Did you see it? $242,000, not counting college. The El Paso median income, $43,000. El Paso's $8,000 behind the nation. But you know what? $43,000 is pretty good. There's some of you in here that would kill to be making $43,000. Amen. That's pretty good. It's better. Three years ago, it was $34,000. So El Paso's economy is improving. Percent of American adults who don't have a bank account, 8%. Percent of American adults who have an emergency fund to fall back on, 27%. So that means 73% don't have an emergency fund to fall back on. 74% of households would not be able to pay their bills after six months if they lost their job today. 74% of households. After six months, we'll be on the streets. Maybe not literally, maybe you could negotiate with your bank or move in with a parent. Six months. We gotta change this. We gotta change it. What's incredible is that we learned last week that God has laid out a path and God's desire for his children is for you to prosper. See, God wants you to see and realize the things that I talked about. He wants to give you the desires of your heart, the Bible says. So that dream of that house, he wants to give it to you. That dream of that new car, he's totally cool with it. That dream of being able to take your kids to Disneyland or to Hawaii, he's all about making that happen for you. He wants you to prosper. See, he says, I want to bless you. Now, along the way, I want you to bless others, but when you do bless others, I'm gonna go ahead and bless you even more. I mean, how cool is that? How amazing is it that God God says, I'm blessing you. I've actually poured it out on the earth for you to get it. See, God has set out supernatural ways, and the week after next, my dad's gonna come in and lay out the foundation, or continue to lay out the foundation of the supernatural ways. But over the next two weeks, I'm gonna teach you how to practically build so that you're not contradicting God's supernatural. See, God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are not our ways. God says that if you wanna be the greatest among you, go serve. So he says, go give away and then I'll exalt you. The Bible says if you want your life to get bigger, go be generous. Go get, go, go get, get rid of some stuff. Go, go be generous, and then I'll make your life bigger. See, God's ways are not our ways. 
So what happens is, is that we go along through life doing our ordinary things. See, every single one of us is ordinary. We're ordinary people. I can't dunk a basketball. I don't have photographic memory. I don't have identic memory. I can't run that fast. I'm an ordinary guy. But you know what? I serve an extraordinary God. And the incredible thing is, is that I can do some ordinary things in line with God's word and he will infuse his extraordinary power, allowing me to get extraordinary results through my ordinary acts. Wow, you, you missed that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm going to teach you some ways. Now listen, I'm going to do a couple things over the next few weeks. I'm going to do some question and answers next week. Okay? So while you're in here during the week, if you got questions, email them to me. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter. My Twitter is at Jared Neiman. Really complicated, right? Send them to me. And I'm going to pick the best ones. And the ones I don't answer, I promise you, I'm going to try, that I don't answer in church, I'm going to try to answer them to you personally, okay? If you got them and you don't have email, write them down, drop them off at the information center, or put them in the offering this week, uh, on the weekend, and I'm going to answer them. I'm also going to give you some materials next week that I believe are really going to help you. I'm going to teach you how to save money on any budget. You know you can save money on any budget? I'm gonna teach you how to do it. I'm gonna give you numerous ideas. I'm gonna teach you how to budget. I'm gonna give you a budget and teach you how to do it. See, so many people are so intimidated by budgeting. They're so intimidated by saving that instead of doing it, doing it a little bit, they just don't do it at all. See, they've had too many people come in and give them 86 principles and talk in these huge terms that they don't understand because they didn't go to economy class. So they just don't do it at all. See, a lot of people have come through life where they're just trying to get a, their head above water that's saving money, saving money. I'm just trying to pay my bills. You're talking about saving? So I'm going to hand you, next week, I'm going to hand you an explanation of all the different types of accounts, all the different types of investments. I'm going to put them into layman's terms. I'm going to tell you where you can go get them, how you can get them, the percentages that you'll get back on your money. I'm going to show you how you can start with $14 and have a ton of money in a few years. And it's not rocket science. I'm going to take you through all of that stuff. I'm going to post all of it online for you because I, I, I care about this so much. I want you to have it really bad, guys. So not only am I going to give it to you, I'm going to post it online so that then you can go print more of them. Okay? You can give them to your friends. I'm going to post all of this. I'm going to give you my notes. I'm literally going to have my assistant type my notes for the next two weeks of teachings and I'm gonna post them on my Twitter page. So you can have them. You can literally have them. That doesn't mean don't take notes tonight. <laughs> Proverbs 24 verse three, are you ready? 24 verse three. Any enterprise, is your household an enterprise? Have you thought of your household as an enterprise? If you haven't, let me tell you right now, your household is an enterprise. 
Anything with income and expenses enterprise. Okay. Any enterprise is built on wise planning. Becomes strong through common sense and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. Any enterprise. So my house is built on wise planning. Stays strong through common sense. So what that's telling us is that it's not all just about God. See, God's laid out the promises, but he's saying, you gotta help me out here, guys. See, I've put the path, and the path is taking you this way. Don't turn around and walk against the path. Oh man, I I can't pay my rent. I can't pay my rent. But you got an iPhone that's costing you 150 bucks a month. You're paying for 300 channels on your TV, but you can't pay your rent, and then you're frustrated with God that he's not blessing you enough. No, 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 no. That's common sense. You can't afford the iPhone. You need to afford the rent. Ouch. Common sense. Don't contradict God's plan. See, you become strong by making common sense decisions. The great thing is, it's not all about God, but God's word says that if you'll ask me for wisdom, I'll pour it out on you liberally. So when you need wisdom, when you need common sense, you just ask God. It's incredible. And profits wonderfully by staying abreast of the facts. How many of you would like to have some wonderful profiting in your life? Really? So like 78% of you. Let me ask that again. How many of you would like to have some wonderful profiting in your life? Amen. Amen. By staying abreast of the facts. Do you know your, your income? Do you know it? Do you know it? Do you know your expenses? My electric bill was $153.63 last month. My first mortgage payment was $724.62. My gas bill this month was $28.08. See, I think about that stuff. I know that stuff. Not like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know. It's like 100-ish. <laughs> Do you understand where your money's going? Do you understand it? Do you understand where it's going? Do you budget? But like really budget. Not like we sat down one time and kind of went through it. Do you budget? I'm going to do that for you next week. It's awesome. It's so good. Do you know how much your house is worth? Did you know that it takes on average 3% of the total value of your house to maintain your house annually? So if you live in a $100,000 house, it'll cost you $3,000 a year to maintain your house properly. Did you know that? And here's the other question. Do you have it? Do you know how much your water heater costs if it were to explode one night? Do you know how much your microwave costs? Do you know how much your tires cost if, it were, if you were to run over a nail on your way home? See, you profit wonderfully by staying abreast of the facts. See, I literally know all that stuff in my life. I know how much those projectors costed. I know how much this electric bill costs, and it is a lot. I know how much each and every one of those lights costs. 
and I know how much the labor cost to change them. Do you know? See, the average household only has 3,800 bucks in the bank, so the average house values 160,000. So most people don't even have enough money. But listen, see, you can properly manage money by being prepared. See, you stay abreast of the facts. See, uh, my mom taught me this incredible thing when I was getting my first house. She said, you need to have $3,000 and you never touch it. Have $3,000, you never touch it. See, she knew that statistic. My first house cost me $78,000. I bought a little Desert View house up here off of Zaragoza. It was awesome. I was so proud of myself. She told me, you better have 3000 bucks. Why? Because something happens. These things break, right? Here's your option. You got the money to pay for it or you go put it on a credit card because you know what? When your water heater explodes, you're paying for it. That's not a, I hope I pay for it in a couple months. You're paying for it today. So are you gonna pay an extra 15, 20% or were you prepared? See, that's how you profit wonderfully by staying abreast of the facts. Having a working knowledge of your income and your expense allows you to plan accordingly. It allows you to make common sense decisions, therefore allowing you to avoid disasters and unwarranted stress. Why? There is no stress like financial stress. Can I get an amen? amen? There is no stress like financial stress. You want to know the number one cause of divorce? Money. Number one cause, divorce. Money. And many researchers have, have said that the majority of the other causes, when you actually get down to the root of it, it started with money. Affairs, uh, physical abuse. It, when you get to the root of it, that even started with money. See, it allows you to avoid disasters. I remember a funny story, and I, I asked for permission, okay? My wife... Um, is an incredible woman, incredible. If you don't know her story, I'll tell you very quickly. She was born in Chihuahua. Um, her mother, who is also an incredible woman, I have the utmost respect for my mother-in-law, um, was in a bad marriage. She woke up one day, packed up her two little daughters, and came to America. No money, no job, no nothing. Couldn't speak English, showed up in America. So Carla, uh, got her citizenship through high school and all of that, put herself through college at UTEP, got herself a, a scholarship to go to Indiana University and became a, an attorney. She was the first person in her entire family, all her cousins, uncles, aunts, to graduate college. First person. She's an incredibly successful attorney here in El Paso. It's a really awesome story. At one point, her mom worked three jobs just to get by to pay for the two little girls. To, to, uh, they're, they're awesome. They're awesome. So Carla and I are dating, right? We're one month in. I've already bought the ring. I knew I was going to marry Carla on our first date. Three weeks into it, I bought the ring. The only reason I waited was because my dad was like, dude, slow down. <laughs> I was ready. I would have married her that day. So she... Uh, went out of town to see her sister in Phoenix. So, you know, of course, when you're first dating, you know, you talk for like three hours on the phone. It's awful. It's awful. 
uh, I hate talking on the phone. So she's telling me, oh yeah, we're gonna go shopping, and then we're gonna go to the spa, and we're gonna get a massage. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, great, have fun, you know, like. <laughs> so she's telling me, yeah, I bought this blouse at this place, and I bought this skirt at this place. Well, you know my mom shopped, okay? Like, you, you all saw my mom, right? <laughs> well, I can't help it, guys, I do math. This is how my brain works. Everything I do, I do math. Everything. So I'm like, wow. Girl, girl is spending some money. So she gets back. Of course, I pick her up from the airport because how could I live without you for these three days? That's, that's how you are in the first month of marriage. I mean, of dating, right? It's like, I don't even know how I survived. Now it's like, hey, babe, you landed? Okay, cool. Are you going to pick up some food on the way home? <laughs> so I'm helping her unpack, and we're, we're in her room at her mom's house, and she's like laying out and showing me all the stuff. It's like, do you like this? And it goes with this. And I'm like, it's BCBG. And that's... She goes, man, sure hope I don't run out of gas because I spent all my money. And I was sitting there and went, you did what? I said, you, you spent all your vacation money. No, 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 I spent all my money. And I was like, all your money? She's like, yeah, I have $18 in my wallet. I sure hope that gets me till Friday till, to, to when I get paid. And I go, uh, Carla? When we get married, that's gonna change. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, oh no, we are not living like that. No, no, we're not living like that. I told you the story of my mom uh, uh, telling me to save $3,000 before I got married. I, I, my, my assistant got married a few weeks ago and I walked her and her, her now husband through buying a house and I gave them all these principles. I told them to start making their mortgage payment six months before they actually signed and closed on the house they bought so that they could build up a savings account. The reality is if they can't afford it six months before they buy the house, they can't afford it when they get the house. You end up saving money, right? Okay, here we go. We're gonna get into it. You ready? Five steps to building a financial future. Oh, let's say that better. Five steps to building a solid financial future. Now listen to me. I'm going to take you from big to small. From big to as practical as you can possibly get, okay? Number one. I'm a terrible writer and I apologize for that. You got to have a vision for your life financially. Proverbs 29 Verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. The literal text talks about uh, it like it's like wild animals just running around scattered. 
where there is no vision. See, I thank God that we come to a church. I thank God that my dad and when my mom was alive are, are preachers that inspire vision for our lives. I thank God for it. I love it. I hope you come here expecting us to give you vision, to inspire vision through God's ways for your life. But so many of us rob ourselves. We, we get a, a vision for our lives physically. We get a vision for our lives emotionally. We get a vision for our lives spiritually but we stop at getting a vision for our lives financially. Do you have a vision for your life financially? Do you have a vision? Why is vision so important? First, it opens the lines of communication in your household. If you don't have a clearly defined vision in your household, husbands and wives, let's get one. Get that vision. The Bible says when you get a vision, write it down, make it plain so that they that see it can run with it. Write your vision down. What, what's your vision? You want a bigger house? You want to have $100,000 saved by the time you're in your 50s? You can do it. I'm going to show you how you can do it. Really cheap. Some of you, how many of you, how many of you would like to have $100,000 saved in the bank? Heck yeah. I'm going to show you how to do it in a few minutes. What's your vision? See, it opens the lines of communication. And listen, it forces accountability in your household to the vision. See, when you live your life going towards that vision, it forces you to be accountable to accomplishing that vision. It paints a picture for your life. Can you see your future financially? Do you see it? See, I lay in bed at night and I picture it. Carla and I have an extremely Detailed vision for our lives. Extremely detailed. We have a vision to build a house. We've already bought magazines on the style of house and we flip through them. We tear out the pages and keep those pages on the style. We want a California Mediterranean house. We're so specific about our vision, we've narrowed it down to three neighborhoods in El Paso that we want to build the house in. See, we've got a vision. That might not be your vision. I don't know what your vision is. I'm not going to try to give you your vision. What's your vision? See, vision gives you direction. It gives you direction. You know what else it does? Vision has pulling power. See, it pulls you through tough times. See, not everything goes perfectly financially all the time. But vision says, hey, man. I got a God that loves me. He wants to bless me. He wants to take care of me. I'm going to just take another step towards this vision. See, it has pulling power. It gives you direction. It gives you something to point your faith at. See, vision paints the grand picture of your life. So how are you going to get there? It's easy, actually, to get a vision. It's easy. Some of you had 15 things go through your head. Some of your vision is to take a Mediterranean cruise. Good, I hope you do it. Some of you want to go to Hawaii for a month. I hope you do it. What is your vision? Number two, how are you going to do it? You must have realistic, say it with me, realistic, realistic, Goals. Realistic. Why did I not put just goals? You've got to have realistic goals. 
Listen to this. Proverbs 28, verse 19 says, the one who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. So we could flip it, right? You could just naturally flip it. The one who is realistic will have his fill of prosperity. Amen to that. Why realistic? Because if you're not realistic about your goals, you're not gonna achieve them, therefore you're gonna get frustrated, therefore you're gonna quit, and you're gonna stop having goals, and then you won't accomplish the vision. You gotta have goals. See, but so many people stop because setting goals has become like this cliche thing. They've become this cliche, oh, you gotta set goals and short-term and long-term and all that. Listen, the reality is this. You can put away the cliches. You can put, goals are the stepping stones to accomplishing your vision. A vision without a plan is just a dream. It's just a dream. A vision without a plan is just a dream. So many people don't set goals. Why? Because of past failures, past disappointments. They think they're unachievable. They set unrealistic goals. They think they're not good enough. Can be frustrating. Here's four ways to accomplish your goals. Number one, understand that goals are your best guesstimation. Goals are your best guesstimation. But listen, in your best guesstimation, be specific about your goals. Be specific. Oh, I want to save money. Well, that doesn't get you anywhere. I want to save $2,500, and I'm going to do it by saving $50 a week for one year. One year, you'll have $2,500. 20 bucks a week, you'll have $1,040 by the end of the year. Well, by the end of the one year. See, be specific. Listen to this. Here it is, okay. Listen to this. Based off the last 30 years return on mutual funds, if you will invest 15 bucks a week in mutual funds, in 30 years, you will have over $90,000. 15 bucks a week, guys. How many of you could honestly tell me that if you really looked at your budget, you could find 15 wasted dollars? Come on. Come on. You could do it tonight by changing your television plan. 15 bucks. 15, that's $60 a month. And in 30 years, based off the last 30 years of returns, you'll have over $90,000. 15 bucks. 15 bucks. See, but people think, I could never save $100,000. I could never save $100,000 because they think you've got to be making $100,000 or $200,000 to get there. You don't have to do that. You just set the goal. You're like, I'm going to save 15 bucks a week. Yeah, you can do that. We can all save 15 bucks. Am I right? Also, within your best guesstimation, be flexible. Listen, if you miss a week, don't quit. Just pick up where you left off. Number two, goals will change. And it's okay. Too many people beat themselves up because life changes. But life does change, right? Life changes. So will your goals. But don't let that stop you. 
Just because life changes a little bit, hey, you know what I'm believing for your life? That it changes that you're making more money. That you're changing, that you got a promotion, that you got a raise, that you got out of that bad credit card debt. See, my belief for you is that we can get out of that stuff and the change is that the 15 bucks a week is now 30 bucks a week. Amen. Amen. Number three, prioritize. prioritize. This is gonna get bad over here. Prioritize. Prioritize your goals. Prioritize. Identify your goals and set a level of priority. When Carla and I got married, listen, I was thinking all about the money. She doesn't think about it like I think about it. That's totally cool. Carla came into our marriage with law school debt, which I have no problem with because she makes the amount of money that she makes because of that debt. It's a great investment into her life. I mean, okay. Okay, cool. It was a lot though. What? Wow. You can go Google how much law school is. It was a lot. She also has some credit card debt from being in. So listen to what I did. This is how I manage money. Okay. The economy had just crashed during the Bush. Uh, remember the first economic recession? Okay, so it just crashed. It wasn't worth putting money in the stock market at that point. So I sat down with Carla. I said, okay, your interest rate on your credit card's 15%. Actually, it was 18%. Okay, the first thing we're gonna do is attack that credit card like crazy. We're gonna pay all our bills, we're gonna attack that credit card. We don't need to save money, I had my $3,000 still. We're cool, if anything happens, we're not touching the $3,000, but we're gonna attack that credit card. After that, she had two student loans. One of them was a federal student loan, which meant it had a locked in rate at 2%, not bad. The other one was a fluctuating that could cap at 9%. I was like, heck no. We're, so goal here is pay credit card. After that, we attack that student loan. And then we'll reassess our goals. So we attack that student loan. I mean, big time. Sacrifice, didn't go on trips, didn't go shopping, didn't go get massages. We didn't, we attacked that. We paid the credit card, we attacked the student loan, then we redefined our goals. I took all the money that we were paying to the student loan, started investing it. Instead of changing our budget, I just kept the budget the same, but then started saving the money. It's good stuff, right? Reassess our goals. Why? Because we have the vision of building that house. And I said, okay, Carla, we want to build this house. Well, now we're going to have to put money into the house. Listen, I'm not talking about a 1,200 square foot house we want to build. We want to build a really nice house. I don't know when it's, we're going to get it accomplished. We're going to get it accomplished. So I took, we took all that money we were paying towards the credit card, then the student loan, transferred it right into investing instead of increasing our expenses. Okay, so you identify your goals and you prioritize. Number four, you revisit a lot. Revisit your goals. Why? Because society changes. See, I was talking to some friends of mine and they've had a goal of buying a house and I, I had stayed abreast of the facts and if you read anything, you can read that the um, housing market over here on the east side in the Tierras and all this area is getting better. 
You probably also read um, the statistics about the interest rates are starting to go back up. You know, for years we've been at record lows. Well, now they're starting to go back up. I called my friend. I said, hey, man, I know you had a goal of buying a house next year. You might want to revisit that goal because right now you can afford more house than you'll be able to afford next year because the houses are gonna be more expensive next year because the, the housing market's getting better, but also interest rates are getting higher, which means next year on the same amount of budget, you're gonna get less house. He was like, oh, really? Yeah, really. Reassess. So you re revisit based on what's going on in life. If the, economy, if the stock market crashes, when it's way low, you start dumping money because then you know it's gonna come back up at some point. See, you revisit goals based on opportunity and based on changes in life. All right, now here we go. Here we're gonna get into the fun. Hold on. I lost my steps here, sorry. Okay, we're gonna get into it now. Number three, Are you enjoying this so far? Am I helping you? Okay, now we're gonna get, that's the big stuff. You gotta have a vision for your life. That sets the direction. Number two, you have to have realistic goals to get to the vision. Now here we go. We're gonna do, I got three more things and this is the day in, day out of building a solid financial future. This is it, okay? I'm gonna do one tonight, two next week and I'm gonna do the other stuff for you next week, okay? You ready? Here we go, so number three. Preparation. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is the key, listen to me, this is the key to building your financial future preparation. Proverbs 14, verse eight. Why am I giving you scriptures? See, a lot of this is just common sense stuff. Why am I giving you scriptures? Because I believe that everything we can do that is in accordance with God's word is where he can infuse his supernatural power that I talked about. So even in our logical common sense stuff, if we can get it in line with his word, we are open to the supernatural, to the extraordinary coming into our lives. Proverbs 14, verse eight. The wise man faces the facts. The fool attempts to fool himself and won't face facts. Proverbs 22 verse three in the Living Bible says, a wise man foresees the difficulties and prepares for them. The fool goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. See, the reality is there's stuff coming our way. See, this is the main key. Preparation is the main key. Let's talk about this. Let me give you a lot of examples here. Many of you are parents. How many of you had kids that just started school or are about to? Did that sneak up on you? It didn't, right? You knew you were gonna have to buy school supplies. You knew you were gonna have to buy new clothes, new tennis shoes, new whatever. December is not sneaking up on you. But did you know, listen, did you know, the average household, I told you earlier, has $15,500 of credit card debt. Do you know that more people go into credit card debt in December than all the other months combined? In December. It's not sneaking up on anybody. It's not. You know, here at the church, 
December's coming, and December is one of the most expensive months of our year. That Christmas play is a doozy. Wow, is it expensive. Those guys from Las Vegas that come do all that stuff with the flying angels, you've seen them, right? They ain't cheap. All my employees get overtime. Of course, they love it. It's like Christmas bonus. All of them get overtime because, I mean, we're here every night during the month. Our electric bill is just, oh, my goodness. The orchestra, oh, oh. Oh, and we don't charge tickets. Why? You honestly want to know why? Because I think that is one of the greatest outreaches that we do all year long. More people get saved during those shows. I mean, to me, it's priceless. I don't care what it costs. But you know what? Let me tell you something. I, started, I start preparing for the Christmas production right now. I was talking to my dad and sister. Hey, okay, I'm going to get a little tighter on expenses. We're going to start letting the account build up a little because those bills are coming. Those bills are coming. Whether I like them or not, Carla and I have this crazy month in May. It's my birthday. It's our anniversary. It's Mother's Day. It's her sister's birthday. My mother-in-law's birthday is like June 3rd. Uh, my, sis my sister's birthday uh, and then, you know, Father's Day is the second week of June. I mean, we have this six-week period that it's like money's just being extracted out of our bank account. But you know what? It's coming. It's not surprising me. See, preparation. Preparation is the key. When we were building the building, let me tell you what I did. When we were building this building, I started paying the loan. I called my banker, I said, okay, we borrowed $10 million. How much is that gonna cost me once the loan is due? Told me. I started paying that loan into a savings account 18 months before this building was finished. 18 months. Plus, I took what our average electric bills were, I doubled them and started paying those into the same savings account. Why? Number one, so that our, our budget wouldn't go into shock when that happened. We were ready, man. When we moved in and that loan kicked in, we were ready. I had already adjusted the church budget. Second thing it did, saved a boatload of money. I mean, after that 18 months, I wasn't actually paying it to anybody other than a savings account that I shredded the checks. I literally went and shredded the checks so that I wouldn't be able to spend any of it. <laughs> But you know what it did? It allowed us to have a lot of money for the extra expenses to be able to buy the stuff that the church needed. See, the actual budget of the church, I'm gonna surprise you a little bit, okay? The actual budget of this building, the building was 15.5 million, just the building. The actual budget was 22.2 million. Sound system, screens, all the extra chairs, it's 22.2 .2 million. And I was able to pay for a ton of that because I was prepared. See, I thought ahead. See, you stay abreast of the facts and therefore you can profit wonderfully. I got three ways for you. Real quick, I got two more minutes. Three ways 
to prepare. This is the key, guys. Listen, you wanna buy a new house, you're living in an apartment, you wanna buy, say your goal is a $200,000 house. Find out how much that house is gonna cost you. Google it. They have mortgage calculators online. Find out how much it's gonna cost you and start paying it. Listen, if you can't afford it today, you can't afford it when you buy it. Start paying it. Take what your current rent is and add what the difference will be. Start paying it to yourself. And then guess what? By the time you actually have that happening, you'll have a bunch of money. Number one, you'll have that 3% covered for the cost. Number two, you'll have some money to go get some new appliances, get the carpet cleaned, get some furniture, get that TV that you want on the wall. It's preparation. It's preparation. Three ways, three things you need to prepare for. Number one, the expected. This is obviously the priority. What is the expected? We all have a rent, we all have a mortgage, we all have an electric bill, we all have a gas bill, right? Car payment. Do you know that on average it costs $9,211 for insurance, gas, and maintenance on your vehicle per year? $9,211 on average. Some of us that means are spending more than that some are like, nine thousand, whoa. That's not including your car payment. It's just the maintenance, the gas, and the insurance. The expected. We gotta prepare for the expected. Number two, we gotta prepare for the unexpected. I've mentioned these types of things. Are you prepared for if you blow a tire? Are you prepared if you bump someone on the, and you gotta, uh, Claim it on your insurance and your deductible's 500 bucks. Do you have the 500 bucks? Do you have it? Listen, I'm not trying to be critical. Please hear my heart. Please hear my heart in, tonight and the next week. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm trying to inspire you to watch out for these things. Because listen, if you don't have the 500 bucks, you're, one of two things is going to happen. You're gonna be driving around with a broken car or you're gonna to have to put it on a, on a credit card and the 500 becomes 700. So you gotta prepare for the unexpected. Are you prepared if your refrigerator goes out? It's gonna cost you a couple hundred bucks to have a guy come over, look at it. Are you prepared for the unexpected? See, we gotta prepare for those things. And number three, we gotta prepare for the seasonal, the seasonal, birthdays, Christmas. My mother-in-law at, at GECU joined what they call the Christmas fund. And they automatically debit some money out of her paycheck for Christmas. Great thing is they take it so she can't spend it until December. That's brilliant, it's brilliant. So every December she's got money to buy her presents. How awesome is that? See, preparation, listen, allows you to do a couple things. Allows you to avoid desperation. You avoid desperation. None of us wants to be desperate about money, amen? amen. And number two, it allows you to maximize opportunity. You maximize opportunity. See, I was that same couple that was getting married, they work in my office and they had saved some money and of course they knew they were gonna need a refrigerator, a washer and dryer and all of that and I said, hey, hey, wait till Memorial Day. Yes. 
Because on Memorial Day, everything goes on sale. See, but they had saved money. They had already started paying themselves. So when those sales came, they were able to go buy them instead of having to put them on a credit card and pay an extra 15 to 20, 25%. See, it allows you to maximize opportunity. Being prepared. Being prepared. So number one, we get a vision. That's the big thing for our lives. Number one, you get a vision. What's the picture you want to paint? Number two, we sit down and we get some goals to get to that picture. And then three, we start preparing for the expected, the unexpected, and the seasonal. See, when I got married, I told Carla, there's $3,000 in our checking account. At $3,100, we pretend like there's only $100. See, that 3,000 bucks is for all these other things. All these other things. But listen, you start with 25 bucks, by the end of the year, you got 2,500. It's not that far away. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm trying to show you how actually simple, and I understand there's exceptions there. Listen, I mean, if, if you don't have a job, and I mean, I get all that, okay? Please understand me, all right? But you can get there. You can get there with a vision, with some goals, and some preparation. You can get there. Next week, I've kept you four minutes later, I'm sorry. Next week, I'm gonna take you even more practical. There's two more things. Did you enjoy this tonight? Did you like it? Did it inspire you a little bit? Next week, we're gonna get even more practical. I'm gonna teach you how to budget. I'm gonna give you budgets. I'm gonna give you all the investment things. I'm gonna explain it to you. I got two more of these. Uh, it's gonna be really awesome. Hey, have a great night. I love you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information on teaching materials or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com or charlesneeman.com.